This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. All right. Uh, I appreciate my next guest. Number one, for the insight that I know he's going to bring, talking football with us, and also the fact that he said he would come on on relatively short notice. We reached out and he said uh, it would be my pleasure. It is my pleasure to uh, introduce you guys to Chris Landry from LandryFootball.com, former NFL scout joining us here on CBS Sports Radio. Chris, Jody Mack here. How are you, bud? Jody, how are you doing, man? It's been a while. How are you? It has been, and that's my bad, and I apologize for that. I am very glad to have you back on the show, uh, and I do want to talk to you about the draft because I've had you on uh, years before uh, talking all things NFL draft. But first I want to tap into your overall NFL expertise as a guy who worked for teams. Now, you're a scout, so you did your job, and you went out and gave opinions on players and got information to the team so they could make moves and uh, procure players and the like. But you had to work for people that ran teams and general managers and presidents and the like. This little tete-a-tete that's uh, burgeoning in the NFL between the Players Association and the teams that now almost two-thirds of the teams have come out with statements that they're planning on not attending OTAs, off-season training activities, uh, or optional training activities, the key word there being optional. Uh, They're opting out, and they're going to stay home, and they'll do it uh, via Zoom, and uh, they'll be in touch, but they don't want to go into the facilities until it's mandatory, which means the camps know how much practice and workout and team karate and the camaraderie and the like means how much pushback are the teams going to give this are they just going to say okay yeah we understand player player safety first uh, yeah you, you guys can show up when you need to show up but not before that even though that's been the case for a long period of time is this going to become a major issue over the next week to 10 days well i think it's going to be mixed i mean i, I certainly you know, I'm old school. My background, you know, is as a coach and started as a coach and worked my way in, in scouting. I understand the importance of having guys in and developing. Um, coaching is very important. The off-season conditioning program and teaching schools are very important. We understand what happened last year. I, I think that people look at it in two different, you know, areas. One We're still dealing with certain effects of COVID, and I think people are going to be more understanding. But I think as we move more and more into where we can put this, hope to God, behind us as soon as possible, 
then I think we want to get back to it. And I think the players are willing to do that if they tend to look at it and say, you know what, we did this virtual stuff during COVID. Why don't we do this virtual stuff uh, from now on? I don't think that's going to fly. I don't think that's, that's the thing that's going to really help you, particularly for young players. And I think most players, to be honest with you, Jody, want to work, want to learn. Maybe not the elite players that we tend to talk about a lot, but the guys that are trying to make a team, they want that extra time. So I think it's something that's going on now. We're going to have to monitor and see if this is something that maybe the NFLPA wants to do going forward or if this is just something that we're doing now in COVID. All the info we're getting is via press releases that the teams are mm-hmm. united, that they're not going to show up, blah, 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 filling in the blanks. We're not getting to talk to uh, any players, and that's the way that the union wants it. It's understandable. But at some point, there are going to be some of those young guys that you're talking about that say, hey, I- I'm on the fence of making this team. I'm on a minimum contract. I'm going to have to fight my way onto the team and I can't impress any coaches sitting at home sending them Zoom videos of me pumping iron or working out. Uh, I really need to be there. The players seem to be united in this, but if there are cracks in the uh, armor and there are guys that want to go in, do you think it could be major clubhouse issues this year? I don't think so. I mean, I think there's always the possibility that you have some of it, and I think you'll probably have – you know, players meetings where they'll discuss, uh, discuss how they're going to do it. But I, I think just what you said, look, if you're a young player uh, and that's the majority of the players, you need to make a team and you need to do whatever you can. And it's not just to impress, but you got to learn. I mean, what's going to give you an edge to make the team. Those are the things that they're going to need to do. And I think most players are going to understand that. I've always felt like even as we've cut down the OTAs and then contact, I, I've always believed that, we need to maybe make rules, and I think it's common sense. For players that, let's say, are in their first or second year, we should allow them to do more activity and pads, more scrimmages and things, because they're the ones that need to improve themselves. And, and we don't have a true developmental league. We know what's happened with the most recent ones that have gone under, but we need to have that. And I think young players – need to have that. And as we begin to cut down preseason games, I get it. Fans don't want to pay full price. I don't blame them. And they shouldn't be charging fans for that. But I can tell you as a coach, as a scout, they're really important. I mean, how are you go- – you're going to have to scrimmage uh, in lieu of preseason games if we cut those down even further. You have to play football in pads to get better at it in any discipline you have to do it and you have to do it as as much as you can there should be some guidelines and restrictions but to me i think this is something that needs to be worked out and look it's all it's going to be an even playing field everybody's going to have to deal with it but the people that are going to lose are the young players particularly the ones that maybe go undrafted or trying to make a team they've got no real chance to prove themselves anymore because there's no opportunity in pads and there's only so much you can do in lieu of that. Chris Landry, our guest from LandryFootball.com, here with us on CBS Sports Radio. All right, uh, let's turn our attention to the draft. No, you've been covering it and putting out mock drafts and scouting reports for guys for years. When you are talking about the quarterback position, because of the importance of it, 
it tends to push guys up the board. That quarterbacks, while maybe not if you just rank total football players' accomplishments, abilities, and put a grade on them and you put them in order, not by position, just by grade, yeah, maybe quarterbacks wouldn't rank as high. But they seem to be drafted higher because they're quarterbacks and the importance of that position. I'm sure some of that is in play this year if we're going to see minimum of three, maybe four, five quarterbacks taken in the first seven, eight, nine, ten picks of the draft. Uh, give me your read on this overall quarterback draft class. If there is some movement upwards just because they're quarterbacks, is it drastic in your eyes? Is it understandable in your eyes? Is it, no, these kids are this good and they deserve to go this high. How are you looking at the five high first-round draft picks at the quarterback position this year? Well, Trevor Lawrence is a guy that you would take number one in any draft. Um, you know, he's, he's an elite player. I think Zach Wilson, I think Justin Fields, I think Trey Lance all have the tangibles and intangibles to be not just starters, but high-quality starters in the NFL. I do think Mac Jones is a different type of quarterback, a pocket guy that is very cerebral, very accurate, gets the ball out quickly. And for somebody, perhaps it is San Francisco, we shall see, um, would be a really good fit in in that role. But he's a different type of guy. He's not as athletic as the others. And in this day and age where you want guys that can make off-platform throws, he's not your guy in that, but he's really good. I would say the only one that would probably would, would be universally not a you know first-round grade would be Mac Jones. But if you are the team that is looking for that type of a guy, look, we saw a guy that won yet one, one more Super Bowl that is similar in, in terms of how he moves and Tom Brady. So – there's still place for that. Um, but I think the other guys are really good. You are correct that if you're just stacking the top players overall, there's some other guys that would intermingle in that are every bit as good or better. I think Panay Sewell, Kyle Pitch, Jamar Chase are probably better than any other than any other quarterback that not named Trevor Lawrence. But as you mentioned, the importance of the quarterback position drives it up to where if you don't have a quarterback – the need to get one. And, Jody, it is even more enticing to go and try as often as you can to get a quarterback because we're not talking about – remember the la- before the most recent CBA, you had the Sam Bradfords of the world that you would draft, and you'd, give, you'd guarantee $50, $60 million to a, a rookie quarterback. You don't do that anymore. Right. So if you draft a quarterback and he doesn't work out, well, you're going to have to try again and try again. Or if you're like the Jets, you draft a quarterback that you really liked, but you did a poor job surrounding him, you really don't know what Sam Dono is or not. You know he wasn't effective with you, but is that more you? Is that more him? Combination of both. You know what? We're going to hit the reset button, and we'll probably go with Zach Wilson, and we'll see where it goes. The point is, is it's even more enticing to go – and say, let's. if you don't have a quarterback, you're going to be compelled to find one. So these guys are good. There's some others with a chance. That's why it pushes it up. And usually guys with 6-4 or high second-round values, they always seem to go in the first round. Ryan Tannehill, uh, Joe Flacco. I mean, 
Heck, look, I, I, I had a good grade on Patrick Mahomes. Not good enough, you know. So I think the fact that it, it's, it's not as risky as it used to be because it is a high pick, but with the high pick doesn't come with the extraordinary contract that was reminiscent of, well, a veteran contract. So I, I think that makes it even more enticing to take a quarterback higher. All right, I have several more draft quarterback questions for you, but since you brought them up and knowing you've got good sources around the league, story this week that the Jets turned down an offer for Sam Darnold from San Francisco is willing to part with the 12th overall pick in the draft. I'm sure they said, you got to do it right now, and the Jets weren't ready to pull the trigger. They wanted to get further down the line in making their decision on what quarterback they were going to take to replace Sam. They missed out on it and got a lesser package in exchange from the Carolina Panthers. Uh, I've seen reports since that say, that don't kid yourself, that deal was never on the table. What do you think? Do you think the Jets actually well, made a mistake by not pulling the trigger if that deal was on the table? Do you believe it was? Uh, I'm not sure that it was. I know San Francisco was interested in Sam Donald. Uh, they like him a lot. Here, here's the problem with making the move with San Francisco. You trade Sam Donald, who's your quarterback? You, well, you know what I mean? you, you, whoever you, know what you mean? take at number two, you just need to uh, make sure you believe there's someone meritorious of being yeah, there at number yeah, two. And yeah, I don't think anybody yeah. has been doubting that for months. Yeah, well, there's no question about it. You, you sit there and you look at it. You trade Sam Donald. You get something. Remember that with Carolina, you know, you, you, you've got um, – you're going to take your quarterback at two but then you're going to move down to 12 where you're going to need a lot more from San Francisco because, remember, you can't equate a first-round pick to another first-round pick. You have to look at the overall number. Obviously, San Francisco is picking you know, uh, a few spots lower, so the picks itself, I don't know for certain that the deal that's been reported is accurate, and if you look at what Carolina offered, Carolina's you know, offering a little bit more uh, – the opportunities there. Um, I don't know that 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 is completely accurate on the reporting of it. Because listen, I mean they're not they're not idiots. If they had a better deal, they would have made it. I think there's often my experiences is there's often a lot of conversations that never get done. And I think in the end, you know, Carolina came with a deal and gave them what they needed. And I don't think you know, San, listen, obviously if San Francisco gave them a better offer, they would have taken it. They didn't, and that's why they took it. I, I don't think that, to me, is in much debate. Okay. The, timing of it, uh, the timing of it is always interesting, but, I mean, why, why would they take a lesser deal? So, obviously, they didn't take a lesser deal. Perhaps there was discussions about what they wanted to do, and maybe San Francisco didn't pull the trigger, so they took the deal from Carolina. That's how I think it happened because, I mean, who would? I know the Jets have made mistakes in the past, but no one's going to take, you know, a lesser deal um, just to take a lesser deal. Yeah, I, I don't think they – I think it all had to do with timing that the Jets weren't quite ready to do it, and San Francisco pushed and said, either you take it now or the deal's off the table, and I do believe that's what happened. All right, we're talking to Chris Landry from LandryFootball.com. Make sure you check out his website. You can get all of his insights on the upcoming draft. I'm a huge Justin Fields fan. I'm starting to get annoyed slash perturbed with some people who are projecting that not only is he not going to be taken in the top five or the top ten 
or the top 15. Some are suggesting he could do the biggest fade in the draft, be the fifth quarterback taken, not go till all the way down to the Patriots or even further than that. Charlie Cassidy, who used to be a general manager in the league, working for the league now, came out with his latest mock, has him dropping to Pittsburgh in the 20s. I think the kid's a stud. I think this side of Trevor Lawrence, he's the best quarterback in this draft. Why is, at least in some people's eyes, why is Justin Fields dropping like a stone? Well, we don't know that he's dropping. Uh, You said in some people's eyes, those are, Jody, you know, those are just people with opinions. They're not credentialed opinions. Those people don't work in the league. I, I do consulting work for teams in the league, and I, I, I don't know that that, uh, is the case. I mean, I think that's a question to be answered if indeed he does go at 20 something. Look, we saw, I remember years ago, I really liked Aaron Rodgers coming out of Cal and he dropped all the way down to the 20s to Green Bay. Um, could it happen with Justin or one of these quarterbacks, Trey Lance or Mac Jones? Would it? Sure, it could, but I don't know that it is. I don't know that he's not going to be taken third or, you know, somewhere else. So, I think just people are speculating, Jody, and everybody's got an opinion. Everybody's got thoughts, but nobody really knows. Always remember, those who talk don't know. Those who know don't talk. So the teams are not – the teams that are making the picks have not said, well, he's dropped. You know, it, it, it's, we'll, I think we'll see where, where it goes. He may not drop at all. Or if he does, heck, we can address it then. I think the reality is – there's a lot of speculative, you know, conversation, and a lot of it goes to, you know, to try to throw people off. I mean, I, I can go back to, you know, my history and in being involved with, with drafts, and, I, you know, I purposely – if people – it's lying season. If purposely people, you know, try to say certain things about a player to throw people off. And it's usually right. – if somebody tells me that they're going to take a guy – then I know for sure they're not taking that guy. Because why the heck would they say that? So I think people are just speculating. We'll see how it goes. The season of misinformation we're in here on uh, the lead-up to the draft. Chris Landry, our guest. Uh, The other guy that I feel very strongly about that my opinion doesn't match up with, again, others who have opinions, some accredited, some guys who've been in leagues, some are just media guys who put out mock drafts and columns and everything else. I'm a big Devonta Smith fan. All the kid did was go out and win a Heisman Trophy this past year. I said going into last year's draft, which I thought he was going to come out, uh, I thought he was the best wide receiver Alabama had, and Rudy and uh, Jugs and Rudy came out, and both of them went higher than uh, where they're at least speculating that Devonta Smith may drop to again this year. I thought he was the best receiver in college football. There's no doubt of that in my mind this season. Because the two other guys who were considered, Jamar Chase, didn't play, opted out, and unfortunately his teammate, Waddle, got hurt. I, I know that some people are questioning his size, but the guy is one of the most skilled route runners I've ever seen. He's got deceptive speed. He gets behind defenses. He catches everything that's thrown to him. How is this guy not a lock top 10 pick? Well, I think he is. I think he will go in the top 10. Uh, I think even with the quarterbacks that are moving up that, you know, that, that are going to infiltrate the top, I still think could go in the top 10. Look, there are three receivers with, with elite grades for me, but they're all three are different, Jody. So like Jamar Chase, 
is a bigger, faster Anquan Bolden big guy. Jalen Waddle is a Tyreek Hill, Stephon Dill, uh, the Diggs type of guy. Devontae Smith is a little bit of a Calvin Ridley, uh, Reggie Wayne, a little Marvin Harrison. They're all great. What do you want? They're all different, though. Waddle's got better speed. So if you want the X receiver that's going to be the take the top off with the speed, then you're going to like Waddle more. If you're going to want the big receiver that's the matchup guy that can also get deep, then Chase. Probably more. But if you want uh, a guy that can play the X, the Z, the slot, a great route runner. I mean, I don't know anybody that doesn't in this league that doesn't like Devontae Smith. There's not one. So this whole he's dropping of this, how, how there, there, there is no draft boards. The only draft boards that matter are in the teams, and they haven't completely set them. He is up there. Now, if he doesn't go five or eight or whatever, it's, it's, the answer is somebody's going for a quarterback. Somebody's going for a big receiver in Chase, or somebody's going for a big tackle in Sewell. That's going to be the only reason why somebody might not take him at five versus eight. You just might want a different type of guy. It's, they're all great. It's like going on a car lot. Do you want a pickup? Do you want an SUV? Do you want a sedan? I mean, they're all good. You got, got all, all types for you, but what is it that you want? To me, they're all good. They're all different, and receivers are different sets. They're not just the same. You got the X guys, the Z guys, the, the, the slot guys, and Devontae's going to be a great player, and I don't know where he's going to go, but I still suspect he's likely going to go top 10 or 12. And uh, I think if you're looking at him among the top players uh, in, in, the, in this draft, He's ranked seventh on my board, I, and I think he's probably similar in most teams' boards. Fair enough. I got uh, one last question for you because it's the one that I haven't been able to formulate a strong opinion on yet. I've got my rankings of the quarterbacks. I've got my rank- rankings of the wide receivers. For me, there are two cornerbacks that stand above and beyond all others in Patrick Sertain and J.C. Horn. I can't separate those two. I think they're damn close. Can you separate them for me? Do you think there is separation or you got one and one A, doesn't matter which one you take, you're going to get a real good player. Is there a difference in uh, pro prospect for Sertain and Horn at the corner? There are three first-round corners. Sertain is a little bit more complete as an on-ball defender. He can play off coverage. He's a good tackler. He's very instinctive. Caleb Farley of Virginia Tech and, and J.C. Horn are, are great man cover guys. They can turn and run, and they're maybe a little bit better as pure man guys. They're not as instinctive. They are not as effective playing in the, in the slot as good as Sertain. So, again, a little bit different. Um, I've got them all with 6'5 grades, high first-run grades. I've got them stacked Sertain, Farley, and Horn. Now, Farley has got – some issues medically, so depending right. upon your board, might determine whether you would stack Horn ahead of Farley. But to me, you can't go wrong. All three of those guys are a really good first-round value, and I think you're going to start to see around 10-ish those guys the run on the three corners there. Make sure you check out his website, LandryFootball.com. Chris, we appreciate you coming on board with us on short notice tonight. Great insight. We will certainly get back to you. Thanks for being with us tonight.
Hey, thank you for having me. Good catching up with you. You have a great one. Be safe. My pleasure. Chris Landry, former NFL uh, coach and scout. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.